some baseball fans. This is episode seven of Around the CPL, the official podcast of the Coastal Plain League. The CPL All-Star Game and Home Run Derby just wrapped up in Savannah, Georgia last night, Monday, July the 8th. For the All-Star Game, there were six teams, and each one of those teams was able to send a representative from their team to be in the Home Run Derby. This modified Home Run Derby gave each participant two minutes to hit from four places on the field. Just behind second base on the grass where they tossed the ball to themselves, at second base where they hit off of a tee, just in front of the pitcher's mound where they received a soft toss from a coach, and finally at home plate where they hit off a coach throwing from the mound. They were required to hit a home run at each station before they could move on to the next. Participants were then able to stay at home plate and hit as many home runs as they could until their time ran out. After all six participants had gone, Ethan Bacham representing the home team All-Stars from UNC Pembroke and Gabe Howell representing the South All-Stars from Bryan College were left standing as the top hitters in round one with seven and four home runs respectively to earn a spot in the championship round. They once again put on a show for the sellout crowd, both notching seven home runs each to force a third tiebreaker round. Ultimately, Bacham came out on top with six versus Howell's three to win the Derby and claim the number one overall seed for the hometown Savannah squad. Now, after the Derby concluded, the final three All-Star games, the two semifinals and championship game were played with the East Division All-Stars winning the game 2-1 in walk-off fashion over the fan vote All-Stars. If you weren't able to attend the All-Star game, hopefully you were able to enjoy it at home. Don't miss any of the action all season long as fans can watch every Coastal Plain League game for free on all devices at cplbaseball.com or stream via Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, or Amazon Fire. This week's interview was with Pete Tucci, owner and founder of Tucci Lumber Company. Pete was a former MLB prospect who got injured while playing and had to move on from baseball. After spending several years building a heating and air conditioning company with his brother-in-law, his wife urged him to get back involved with baseball. So he turned to woodworking and ultimately to making bats as his new path in life with great success. Have a listen to the story and how he became the official bat partner of the CPL. Pete, tell us about how you got started in the bat industry, going from MLB prospect to one of the industry leaders in bats. Tell me the story of, you know, maybe at one point it was kind of a disappointment, but then it turned into something awesome. Yeah, so I mean, uh, coming out of, uh, pro ball 2002 released out of spring training, you know, uh, you know, kind of going from, you know, first round draft pick high prospect to, you know, all of a sudden finding myself, uh, looking for a new line of work at 26 years old. Um, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of tough, right? Because at, at 26, I now kind of found myself in a position I wasn't expecting to be in. Right. I kind of, felt confident enough in myself and my abilities and my work ethic to kind of get to, you know, MLB and, uh, never really put much stock into the fact that, you know, so much was always drilled into me. Well, you got to be at the, in the right place at the right time. And, and my thought process at that time was always, uh, you know what? Nah, if you're good enough, you'll make it, you know, if, if as long as I keep hitting, as long as I keep working hard, as long as I keep getting better, as an outfielder and, and, and that kind of stuff, uh, you know, with my abilities, I, I know I'll make it. And so, you know, all of a sudden after, uh, you know, an injury in 99 and kind of playing a few more years after that, kind of finding myself out of baseball. And now I was married. I had a kid, you know, I had a couple of offers on the table, but it was kind of like, you know what, it's really, you know, the smartest decision is to kind of move on with my life at this point. And, uh, and try to get something started at home and, and not really knowing which way I was going to go. Coming back home, I ended up starting a, a business with my brother-in-law who was in the heating and air conditioning business at the time. And 
Uh, quite honestly, I needed time away from baseball. I kind of didn't at that point in my life. Uh, you know, a lot of people, once I decided I wasn't going to kind of, uh, you know, sign another contract and, and kind of my, my fear at that point was to be, you know, I was 26, sign a minor league contract, play for two more years and I'll be 28 and be released. And so a lot of people were like, well, you know, start a baseball academy. At that point, was almost like jaded on baseball. Like I had to get away from it for a time. So I went into business with my brother-in-law and we started a heating and air conditioning company. And, and you know what? It was great. For, for the first five years, it was great because I was doing something different every day. I went, I got a CDL license. I was driving, you know, we, we did heating and air conditioning. We, we also delivered uh, residential heating oil and diesel fuel. So a lot of times I was on a truck driving and, and uh, you know, delivering heating oil, deliver, delivering diesel fuel. And I, I did a lot of the, uh, you know, the office work that we needed. And, and while my brother-in-law uh, kind of taught me the ins and outs of the heating and air conditioning business. And, and for the first five years, it was great because it was something different. I never did that before. I never worked with my hands. I never um, kind of learned a trade like my whole life was was baseball to that point. So, uh, it was fun. It was something different every day. Never got monotonous and I really liked it and enjoyed it. But then after about five years, it hit me like a ton of bricks that like, this isn't baseball. You know, you built your whole life around baseball. I built a whole network of people around baseball. And now that was like, I kind of turned my back on that. After about five years, uh, be honest with you, my wife was really the first one who kind of really saw the change in me and, and, uh, kind of saw that uh i wasn't the same person anymore and have the same passion for life uh you know th this all happened oh two was my last year in spring training when i got released and and that september september of 2002 is when we started the the business um by about oh nine uh my wife came to me and said listen uh you've changed um you know you're not the same person i married you're, you know you, you kind of lost that passion in life we've been together my wife and I were together since high school. So she's kind of been with me through every aspect of, of my life through baseball, you know, from college to the Olympic trials to the draft and, and all through pro ball. So, um, you know, she was kind of like, you know, you're not the same person. You know, I really think you got to kind of find something you're passionate about. And, you know, maybe you ought to think about trying to get back into baseball somehow you know, in order for me to kind of get back in baseball would be on the coaching aspect or training aspect. And that's, you know, most of that is done, you know, evenings and, and that kind of stuff. And, and so, uh, you know, we'd now had, you know, at the time I got released, we had, we had our first child, but, uh, you know, 2009, we had three kids at this point. And so it was like, you know, if I, if I get back into baseball and I'm doing training and lessons and that kind of stuff for coaching, uh, you know, and working and, and owning and operating this, this business during the day, I'm never going to have time to see you and the kids. So, um, you know, really, you know, the, I, you know, I kind of looked at it like there's really no option. I, I, I don't have the time to get back into baseball. And so she said, what do you think about making bats? I just think, you know, with how picky you were with, with bats when you played, I really think this is something you'd be good at. You know, what, what if you just made bats? So I said, you know what? I, ne I never made bats. Uh, you know, I was picky when other people were making them and, and I knew what I liked as a player. But as far as making it like I, I don't know how to make a bat. I never even took wood shop in high school. Like for, you know, I don't I don't I have no idea how they're made. And she kind of like, you know, kind of put this bug in my ear and really was the one to kind of 
actually do all the research. So that that conversation actually ended fairly quickly as far as, you know, I kind of heard her out and was like, you know what, it's not even a viable option. And I kind of moved on from it. Well, two weeks later, I didn't even realize at the time, but she had researched all this stuff online and, and kind of reached out to people and made different contacts. And about two weeks after this conversation, uh, I come home from work one day and there's about three large boxes in our driveway, um, you know, of, of a lathe, you know, that, that kind of she purchased and, uh, you know, another truck showed up and, uh, dropped off about 60 pieces of, of, uh, wood, you know, billets, which, you know, are, are eventually made into bats. And she said, listen, you know, I think you ought to try it, give it a shot. She said, it didn't cost us, you know, a ton of money. And she said, you might like it even as just a hobby kind of a thing, just as a way to get back into baseball and, and get back that part of your life. So I kind of started at that point dabbling and making bats and showing them to a few people and, and people I showed them to really liked them. And, uh, and that's kind of what really started my path kind of back into baseball. So your wife not only was there, you know, through, you know, your injuries and having to uh, perhaps, well, not perhaps, but actually give up the game and move on to something to help support the family and your kids. Not only was she there for that, but she kind of also was able to uh, just talk to you for real and say, hey, you know, we need to figure something out. And then you come home one day and, and there's a bunch of equipment in your driveway or whatever. And she's like, hey, let's do it. And so I, I've heard the statement behind every great man is an awesome wife. And it seems like that's kind of what you've got going on, that she's just wanted to encourage you and say, hey, give it a shot I believe in you, and I think this is something that's going to make you happy. Is that a kind of a a brief, you know, if, if I was your counselor and you were sitting yeah. on the couch, is, is that a good little uh, synopsis there? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, she's she was, you know, she was the wife driving behind the bus, you know, uh, on a 14-hour bus ride. You know, she'd be behind the bus through the middle of the night uh, to kind of come watch us play, you know, in, you know, Greenville, South Carolina or something, you know, so... I mean, she's always had my back. She's always been there for me. Um, and, uh, we, you know, it's exactly 100% the case, you know. And, and as, we, as we got into the business and as I started making bats and, and then we ended up kind of forming it into a business, um, you know, and, and originally, even when we formed into a business, it was just at that time like a side business kind of thing. I never really at that point uh, early on intended to leave the heating business, you know, because I had a partner and. And it was, uh, you know, the business was, we were doing fairly well and the business was growing. And, um, uh, and then unfortunately, uh, my brother-in-law, who's my business partner, uh, unexpectedly passed away, uh, of a, of a, just a sudden heart attack at 38 years old, which kind of hit us like a ton of bricks and, and, uh, just out of nowhere, he wasn't a guy who was out of shape. I mean, he was very strong, very, you know, uh, fit kind of guy, but was also the type of guy that never really went to the doctor very often, just kind of always felt like I'm fine. I, you know, I don't need to see a doctor kind of thing and come to find out he had, um, you know, some heart issues and, and, uh, and so he passed away at a, at a really young age. And, and now, uh, after that happened, it was kind of like really a, a hit in the face for me that, you know, life is so short and you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, you better make the most of today and, and do what makes you happy. So I kind of had this, uh, heating business, you know, now, you know, through my brother-in-law and, and, a, you know, we had a, a kind of insurance policy in place that 
if something were ever to happen to either one of us, the other one inherits the other half of the business. So now I become sole owner of this heating and air conditioning business. But I also had this small little side bat business that I'd started out of my garage. And at that point, I was kind of like, he was the brains and, and, and he was the know-how behind the heating and air conditioning business. And he taught me a lot over the seven years that we have done it together. However, at that point, I just felt more confident in my ability in baseball to make a living doing that than I did with kind of continuing this uh, heating and air conditioning business. So at that point, my wife and I sat down and I explained to her that, you know, I, I really think our best chance here is, is going, kind of doing just what you said, kind of get back into baseball and going that route. And we decided to sell the the heating business at that point and kind of put the proceeds into the bat business and really getting that off the ground. Well, it's definitely unfortunate to hear about, you know, his early death and, you know, that did propel you to move forward. So that's, you know, a way you can honor his life and, and just see that the good that came out of what you guys created. And now you're able to, uh, to move on to something uh, that I'm sure he would definitely be proud of you for as your wife is as well. Uh, so that's, you know, something that you could take away from, you know, some of these things that, that happened that we don't, we don't like and we never expected, but they form us into who we are. And, and that's what's so awesome, I think, about baseball in general or sports even and, and what thrives us to make us who we are, the athletes we are, uh, what we can do for the game. Uh, so how has the product grown through the years from uh, that moment that you saw all the equipment and material, uh, you know, delivered your house when you came home to uh, today? Uh, so my wife, you know, being the one with the idea behind it, uh, as we kind of grew this into a full-time business, um, you know, uh, once, you know, th- when everything happened, it was 2010 when my, when my partner passed away, uh, I sold the business December, uh, December of 2010, but I had to run that business for the new company who purchased us for a, a 12 month period. So I wasn't really totally out of that business until December, 2011, uh, as soon as I was out of it, we applied for our major league approvals for 2012 season. Uh, when that happened, uh, you know, in, in between that time, I should say, I was working for the new company during the day while my wife would, you know, we moved out of our garage. We kind of, you know, leased a small little space where we could manufacture and have a small little storefront and really promote the product a little bit and be taken a little bit more seriously than someone who's just you know, continuing to make bats in their garage. So, you know, I kind of went to my wife and said, listen, this whole thing was your idea uh, to begin with. So I really need your help here while I'm working during the day. I need you to watch the store and, uh, you know, I'll go in at night. I'll make the bats. So I would go in at night. I would make the bats. But then I taught her how to paint the bats. So she was doing all the paint and, and all the kind of cosmetic end of the bats that that really kind of make them pop, you know, and and once she kind of got a hand on that and really took over that aspect of the bats, she kind of had some ideas as to ways to make it better and look better. Uh, so she started really kind of putting her touch on that aspect of, of the bats. And at that time, there wasn't really many companies around putting the kind of finishes we were putting on the bats. I mean, at one point, we were using a BMW finish on, our, on, on the bats. And so... Uh, they kind of really had a u- very unique look and a very high-end look to that that at that point, most companies had the idea like, well, it's a baseball bat. It's going to be used. It's going to be hit. It's going to be knocked around in dirt. Uh, really doesn't have to look that great. And our 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 kind of uh, 
look for this, or especially my wife's kind of idea of it was, yeah, even though it's going to be knocked around in dirt and it's going to be hit with baseballs and all that kind of stuff, when they first take it out of the box, I want it to look like a piece of like the most highest end furniture that you could find. So uh, she really kind of took it to another level, uh, on, you know, as far as the aesthetics of the bat. And uh, once that happened and, and we kind of got our MLB approval in 2012 and kind of hit that market, uh, they started taking off right away. So um, we kind of hit the MLB market first before we went anywhere else. I mean, I had I did have some contacts still playing in MLB. My original thought was to go to my MLB contacts because I wanted to kind of hit that market before the people I knew who were still playing retired. However, that did backfire on me a little bit. The few people who, who I went to first, uh, I could tell they kind of felt funny about it because, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of new bat companies come out. And if, uh, especially if you know the person behind it, if you don't like it, it kind of puts them in a position where how are they going to tell you they're not really crazy about it? Uh, if you're like close friends with them. So, I kind of got that vibe early on and I kind of backed off any of my close contacts and, and started going to uh, people who didn't know who I was, didn't know I was a former first round draft pick and uh, kind of just went as, hey, I'm a guy who makes bats. And and uh, and that seemed to kind of work for us. And, and we kind of hit the market with these bats. Like I said, that at that time, there wasn't there wasn't any companies around that were putting the type of finishes on the bats that we were putting on. And uh, we ended up in year one in 2012 uh, with 55 guys in Major League Baseball using our bats. So we kind of hit at that level pretty well early on. For the 10th straight season, the Coastal Plain League has partnered up with Baseball America to bring you the Coastal Plain League Corner. During each issue of Baseball America this summer, fans can now keep up to date on some of the key headlines this CPL season has to offer through the CPL Corner. Don't have Baseball America? Then you're missing out. For a special CPL discount, please visit the league website at www.coastalplane.com and click on one of the Baseball America banners to sign up. For the most information on baseball, be sure to visit Baseball America on the web at www.baseballamerica.com. Well, I'll tell you what, when I look at getting a bat, I've I've mentioned before on this podcast, I, I'm a commissioner of a local over 30 wooden bat league in Wake Forest, North Carolina. And when I go to purchase a bat or I see anybody else's bat, it's all about how it looks when you first either take it out of the box or unwrap it. Like, yeah, you're getting ready to beat up on it, but there's nothing like a beautiful bat with an awesome finish. So kudos to your wife for, you know, looking at it from that perspective. I think that's brilliant. Uh, But what drew you to the CPL specifically when it came to seeking a partnership as the official bat supplier of the Coastal Plain League? Quite honestly, uh, back in, so this was December, 2011. It was, we were, we were just made our decision that we were going to be applying for MLB approval for 2012. Uh, and we went out to, um, the MLB trade show and it was in Dallas that year. Uh, and so we were, we were at that trade show and, uh, one of your owners in your league, Buddy Bankle, uh, the owner of the, uh, of the Marlins, um, Kind of we we kind of struck up a conversation, started talking, and and again the finish was what really drew him to the bats originally. And then we started talking based on that, and I kind of told him a little bit more of the process that goes into our bats, and and uh, you know why I believe our process. You know we had a, we still we still to this day use it uh, what we call steel burnishing process, which is a process of really compressing the wood 
and it was something that went back to the days of when I was playing that I did to my own bats. And, and I remember thinking at that time, um, you know, if someone could really kind of do this process to the bats for me, that would be, that would be great. So when I started making the bats, we started doing this to all our bats and I was explaining it to him. And, and so, uh, you know, he kind of was really intrigued by it and we kind of struck, struck up, a, uh, you know, conversation about possibly at that time doing something with CPL and, and, um, uh, you know, at the time Coastal Plains League was, was kind of doing, uh, I think they had, they were doing like a private label deal with, with a company. I forgot who was making them for them at the time, but it was under a private label. And, uh, and they kind of went a couple of you know, they signed a couple of year deal. So it wasn't until about a couple of years later that we kind of restruck that whole conversation and got brought up. But I guess there was, some. Um, issues with a lot of bat breakage and and you know guys spending a lot of money on bats and uh you know players weren't too happy with them and it's so kind of buddy called me up and said listen you know we're going out for the owners meetings what can you do for us and and so I, at that point he put me in touch with justin sellers uh the commissioner of the league and and we started talking at that point and i kind of gave him a proposal on what we can do and um just from a standpoint i mean for us it was about, you know, listen, this is one of the premier uh, summer collegiate leagues in, in, in the country, right? Everybody talks about the Cape, especially at that point. Everybody was really talking about the Cape being the premier league in the country. Um, they kind of saw, like, CPL really coming on strong. The Coastal Plain League has some of the most innovative teams in the country, not only as far as collegiate baseball, but from a minor league standpoint or professional standpoint. Some of the stuff they're doing – um, from a uniform basis, last year I was out in Lexington at the All-Star uh, game. You know, this year it's in Savannah, which unfortunately I have some other stuff going on, some other trips I've planned around the same time, so I can't really make it. But I'm sure Savannah, just knowing what they do from a uniform standpoint, um, you know, and, and knowing what they order in bats from us, uh, like to get a little crazy with things. So I, I would be really interested to see how that goes, but I, I expect nothing but the best from them. So um, I just kind of love the whole uh, vibe of where the CPL was going. Their their idea on how to market baseball in general, but their league specifically with some of the very innovative ways of like out-of-the-box thinking. It's a very modern approach to baseball, but it's also a very traditional approach to baseball, right? They're really taking into account the best of baseball from a traditional standpoint and then kind of infusing their uh, kind of take on a very modern aspect with different type of uniforms and, uh, you know, di different events and stuff that are really make it interesting and really bring fans to the ballpark and really make the game intriguing to a lot of people outside of just the very traditionalist baseball people around, you know? So um, I kind of like that aspect. I really wanted to be a part of it. After, you know, meeting Buddy and then talking with Justin, uh, you know, for us, it was it was a very imperative partnership to kind of get in with the CPL. And, and we thought it would really help. Um, one, I knew our, our the quality of our bats could really help out the league. And two, from our standpoint, I knew uh, just being a part of the league and a part of the CPL would really help our brand uh, kind of uh, solidify the credibility behind what we were doing. You mentioned the Savannah Bananas, and I had Jesse Cole on the podcast last week, and he was just explaining all of the crazy things they do at that stadium, and he was uh, describing how the All-Star game format was going to go this year. And 
it's it's neat, and it's it's neat that you said also they want to keep the purity of the sport, but they want to bring it up to the modern day where all of the the audience and the crowd can buy into it because it's it's different. And it's exciting. And even with Justin Sellers, he's like, you know what? I trust my managers. I trust my my owners of my team. And if you want to have an idea, let's go for it. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. You have to try it in order to see if it works. And so that's just such a cool vibe that I'm getting from just these different interviews that I'm having. And so you had mentioned, you know, the, the CPL is becoming one of the premier leagues, if not the premier, uh, rivaling the Cape. Uh, so you've been around the league. You mentioned that you were at the the All-Star game last year doing the color commentating. Uh, so what have you seen as far as talent and the overall environment of the CPL? Oh, listen, it's second to none. I mean, you, you like you, you really have to be a premier talent in the in the country now to even get into the CPL. You know, it's not, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, a decent amount of, uh, of collegiate summer leagues around the country now that's kind of popped up and um you know again cape cape cod has that traditional like where where everybody wants to be you know but i think now like cpl's really positioned themselves to really rival that and and now it's you know you talk to a player now from a social media aspect from you know where the world is today let alone where baseball is today and you talk to a player on where they would rather play their, 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 their summer schedule and more times than not CPL is where they'd rather play. There's just a lot of cooler things going on. Um, you know, the, the league does a great job, uh, again, like with just promoting not only themselves, but the game of baseball itself. And, uh, and, and now you start seeing these big time players from around the country come into the coastal plains league. And it's evident by, the players that are getting drafted that play there every year, uh, the players that they have in Major League Baseball that have played that have come through the CPL. So I mean, it's it's really put itself kind of, you know, I, I would almost say neck and neck with with Cape Cod, but I would almost put it ahead of Cape Cod only because of the amount of teams in the league, um, the fan base they have behind these teams is second to none of any collegiate league in the country. So I mean. In my mind, and, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because we have this partnership for the last, you know, four or five years. So, uh, but I, I mean, I really put the CPL as the number one collegiate baseball league in the country. Hey, I'm with you there. And especially with some of our stadiums, you look at uh, Ting Stadium here in Holly Springs uh, for the Holly Springs Salamanders is just an awesome ballpark. And I know Justin has mentioned that's kind of the the next path that they want to they want to take or the next action item is getting some of these stadiums updated and and making them feel like minor league ballparks and, and giving them the best experience that they've ever had. So uh, I'm right there with you. I, I agree with you on just the talent. Uh, so just wrapping up, I, like I said, I didn't want to keep you too long, uh, Pete, but is there any exciting things our players and others out there can look forward to when it comes to the future of the Tucci brand bats? Yeah. I mean, as far as we just came out with uh, a couple of new processes this year, we kind of formulated this conditioning agent, uh, you know, for our bats that actually make them stronger, more durable without taking away the traditional integrity of a wood bat. Um, you know, we're, we're always toying with, you know, much like the CPL in, in itself. We're always trying to kind of be on that cutting edge of uh, traditional versus modern. Right. We want to be how can we make our product better? How can we how can we 
uh, make it look better? How can we make it perform better? But at the same time, without losing the traditional integrity uh, of the product, right? And so, uh, one, it's another reason why I think it's such a great partnership with us in CPL. But, uh, but just speaking from a product standpoint, um, you know, we're, we're kind of always looking at that aspect, always seeing how we can make our product better. Um, quite honestly, we just uh, we we've been recently acquired by a, a, a larger company, uh, Shut, who's big in the, in the football space. Um, and now we're taking over their whole product line in the baseball softball area. So uh, we are now going to be offering a full line of baseball helmets, which, I mean, they make the number one football helmet in the world. The technology now comes over to the baseball side uh, and it's going to be under the Tucci brand, right? So now we have Tucci batting helmets, Tucci catcher's equipment, a uh, whole new line of of uh, baseball gloves, uh, batting gloves, uh, you know, kind of batters protective equipment as far as elbow guards, shin guards, um, you know. So it's kind of really exciting time for us where we're really launching all this new stuff. Uh, it everything will be available as of around ten uh, one uh, of this year, but it's really the twenty twenty product launch. Um, by 2021, we're taking over their entire softball line as well. Uh, so we'll be coming out with composite, you know, bats, aluminum bats, and really expanding our line across the whole uh, spectrum of, you know, kind of just getting away from just wood bats and getting into, you know, baseball, softball, and the whole equipment area, you know, in those two sports. So uh, it's a very exciting time for us. You know, with this acquisition, I'm kind of the head of the uh, baseball softball division for Shut Sports, uh, which is basically Tucci, you know, it's Tucci baseball and softball. So uh, it's a very exciting time for us, um, you know, and, and there's, you know, kind of keep your eye out for a lot of the new products we'll be launching over the next you know, 18 months. Well, that's awesome because I know with me and a bunch of my friends that I played baseball with in college, I keep dropping that. I'm not trying to brag. It's just, you know, memories come up and stuff. So excuse me out there. Whenever I got a specific bat, I would also want to follow up and get, you know, batting gloves that were after that brand, batting helmet was after that brand. So this is great for you guys. And when someone purchases a Tucci bat, more than likely, they're also going to you know, purchase the other accompanying equipment that goes along with that within the same brand. So those teams will start to become just a, a billboard for you guys. So you guys have come a long way from wood and equipment in your garage to where you are today, which is which awesome. It just shows how well the product is made, how well it's catching on, uh, and how well the CPL is, is being able to use that. Before we wrap up, I want to give you one question. Is this true or is it a myth that Maple bats are stronger but have a sweeter spot, and then the ash bats are easy, easier to break, but they have a larger sweet spot. Is that true? Uh, I don't know about the sweet spot side. I, I would think that's a little bit false. <laughs> uh, the sweet spot is about the same. It's about the same size on both. Uh, maple bats, when made correctly, uh, are more durable and will last longer than ash bats. When maple bats are made incorrectly. When, when you're not so precise on your production methods, ash can be a little bit more forgiving. Let's put it that way, as far, you know, th than maple. When maple's made correctly, a maple bat will outperform and outlast an ash bat. All right. Well, I've got a lot of apologies to make some of my friends when they ask me for bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you just believe whatever's on the internet, right? Just believe it because you're at it. That's right. So definitely check out uh, Tucci Brand Bats. And again, Pete, thanks for your time. Brian, I appreciate it, man. Great, great being on. So thank you. 
Make sure every Monday you listen to Around the CPL, hosted by Aaron Summers, released on all of our social media and CoastalPlane.com. Do you want the latest news and updates on the Coastal Plain League, its teams, and players? If so, please visit the league website at CoastalPlane.com. Also, be sure to friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Coastal Plain League and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at CPL Baseball. I really hope you guys love this interview just as much as I did with Pete Tucci. It was a blessing being able to hear about his journey from losing the ability to play the game that he loved to building a company with his brother-in-law, losing his brother-in-law, and then his wife coming alongside of him and encouraging him to get back into baseball. And she just drove his entire dream and he leaned on her. And and that's what's awesome about uh, businesses, small businesses, as he's grown this company with the support of his wife. Anything is possible when you have those around you that are supporting you and loving you. And it's neat to see all this come full circle. Uh, He loves the CPL. He is the official bat partner of the CPL. And you heard it first here that he sees the CPL as the Premier League above the Cape League. So I'm cool with that. I think that's a great spot to end the episode on. So we'll see you next week. I'm out.